You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send them hot, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. When did it become a crime to become an efficient, effective quarterback? When did it become a crime to take care of the football and be a game manager? I need to know this. First off, i got to fire off a hot take because everybody else is doing it. I'm I'm expected to do it, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. I wasn't that bothered by the halftime show. I know a lot of people were upset about the halftime show. I know it's a week ago. I just got to get it out of the way now. Jennifer Lopez, you name me one situation where Jennifer Lopez hasn't shaken her ass in front of everybody, and I'll I'll give you a dollar because that would be the first one. You name me one situation where that ever happened. You get what you pay for. Jennifer Lopez is an actress. Jennifer Lopez has some singles. Jennifer Lopez is also known to have an ample bottom. Three things. She's known for those things. She's a talented actress. She's a pretty good singer, and she knows to have an ample bottom. And these are what you pay for. That's what you get. If it were Adele who walked out there, Adele has been known for long gowns. Adele has been known for, for, for flattering other parts of her body. If it were Odell that went out there in that, type of, uh, in that type of garb and was doing what she was doing, then I think I'd give you an argument. If it were just about a lot of other people, maybe I'd give that to you. But it's Jennifer Lopez. You know what you're getting with Jennifer Lopez. You know you're probably going to see something that might be a little bit risque. I know people say they claim they're upset. I think people, and this is this is what I told you about the commercials last week. We live in fake outrage culture. We live online to be outraged so we can put ourselves over. This is why commercials aren't that great anymore because they don't want you hashtag canceling anything that they do because they're spending nearly $6 million for a 30-second spot. They don't want you ripping them on the internet and going to their Facebook and jamming their phone lines because you offended them with their commercial or because you were offended with their commercial. So they are boring. They're antiseptic. It is, this is my product. I know your eyes are on this. Here you go. 30 seconds. There's a couple decent commercials. There's a couple brands that don't care. And they know you're probably going to buy them anyway. So they'll take those risks. But for most, hey, we're spending a lot of money on a Super Bowl ad. I I don't need people jamming up our social media telling me that I need to be fired and everybody needs to go. So they're not going to do that. So now we have to take that and we change it over to Jennifer Lopez. Where last year, was it last year? Adam Levine's walking around shirtless. I didn't think anybody had a problem with this. I mean, if we're really going to go this way. And for my life, I'm sure Cher has done a Super Bowl or one one or two Super Bowls in her life. Cher has been walking around without clothes and with the clothes she's worn, basically looking like she's going to stomp on my grapes at any time possible for the last 40 years. People have not had a problem with Cher. So your overreaction is, is on the record. It's noted, but that's what it is. It's an overreaction. 855-2124-CBS. Now I got that out of the way. Hickey, you can go ahead and cancel one of your five burning questions because I knew that was going to be in there. I was surprised at the last seven minutes, too. 
I was surprised. I thought San Francisco would win this, and it looked like until about 54 minutes left to go, or excuse me, 54 minutes in, seven minutes left to go, then six minutes left to go. It looked like that was going to happen. Everybody talked about it was a question of, of defense. I thought it was going to be more offense. San Francisco being able to take advantage of some mistakes, and they did that. Some people said they should have ran the football. You can question Shanahan no matter what. There's some guys, and I, I think that Andy Reid shows this, it's not going to be that easy to win. These things, Bill Belichick paints an unrealistic picture for fans out there about how big these things are or about how easy these things are to win in these big games. These are not easy to win. Andy Reid probably put himself into the Hall of Fame last week. Guy's been coaching a long time. He saved one franchise that was on his ass. He, he saved another franchise because that franchise was on his ass. He brings in Alex Smith. They change some things around. He goes on and does well. And now it shows just how great of a coach Andy Reid really has been. We've always respected Andy Reid. We've always thought Andy Reid was a really good coach. But it wasn't in that upper echelon. And I was afraid if, if they didn't win on Sunday, he was going to become this generation's Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer's another legendary coach, just never got over the hump. For Kyle Shanahan, he'll be 41 next year. He still has every opportunity to be the San Francisco's Bill Walsh into the future. I still think it was offense that finished it. It was still Mahomes. I think Damian Williams was awesome, but I think Mahomes was the MVP. I can't really name... Many guys off the top of my head. A couple. I can't name many guys off the top of my head where Damian Williams is great, but I can't name a lot of guys who could get the ball in his hands, get the ball in other guys' hands, and come back in seven minutes and change that football game around like Patrick Mahomes. There's a couple of guys out there. They're called elite quarterbacks. I can't put Patrick Mahomes, I can't put him out of that standing. Well, he played badly for three quarters. Yep, that's, that's the beauty of being a great quarterback. That's the beauty of being a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes is that you always have to keep your foot on his throat because if you give him a little bit of life, he's going to take it from you. He will rip yours away. And he did that last Sunday. So Damian Williams was great. And I know he was great. And I know a lot of us want to give him the trophy because there will be other Damian Williamses in the future. There will be other great running backs in the future. Kansas City will find other great running backs to play too. And because his story is really nice. But you don't get there, you don't come back, you don't do those things without Mahomes. But I, I hear the other side on that. Absolutely, I hear the other side on that. I want to know, though, Shanahan, you can go after Shanahan for what happened, even though he's offensive coordinator and not the head coach. You can go after him for what happened in the previous Super Bowl with Atlanta. He's the head coach now. He's calling the plays. You can go after him for what's going on with San Francisco, rightfully so. I just don't understand why we're going after Garoppolo so much. Garoppolo played effectively. Garoppolo played well through three quarters. Was not put in a bad position. And I lead with this. When does it become a crime to be an effective quarterback? When does it become a crime to be a guy who's who's effective and efficient? I think we get a little bit too hot on these takes about, about elite-style top-end quarterbacks. I, I don't know if I put Jimmy Garoppolo in that mix. I don't, I don't think I put him with Russell Wilson. I don't think I put him with Mahomes. But he's not Dilfer. It's not Brad Johnson. Not a better career than people want to admit. It's not a guy where it's like, listen, you hand the football off and and we'll get by and and we'll see what we do here. I don't think he's one of those guys. I think he's a good, solid, above average, 
and 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 Pro Bowl level more than likely style quarterback. Came back from an injury, 27 touchdowns, 13 picks, a nice, efficient quarterback that I don't know a lot of teams that would pass on him unless they have one of those elite guys that I just mentioned. Brady in his prime, Roethlisberger in his prime, Rodgers, Wilson, Mahomes, maybe one or two more, and then you go, yeah, Garoppolo. It's still there. It's still in that mix. And if he wins that game... Do I just give it all to the defense? Do I do I make it Nick Bosa? Maybe Nick Bosa is the MVP of that game. But do I give it all to the defense? So what's really the change? And unless you're a 49ers fan, if your quarterback has the same type of play where he missed a great big bomb, I know. If he has the same type of play, how much are you defending him today? How much are you defending him throughout this last week? How many teams would take Jimmy Garoppolo over their quarterback? More than you think. How many other quarterbacks in that situation could make sure that they take him to the Super Bowl? Some guys try to do too much. Jimmy Garoppolo does exactly what's asked. And if we want to go down the line of great quarterbacks, I can't just sit there and give Kyle Shanahan every single bit of credit possible. I can't do that yet. There may be a time where, God forbid, Garoppolo's exposed and everything I say is just rubbish and it goes the way that it did with Jared Goff this year. Maybe it goes that way. But if I look at good quarterbacks, there's usually, usually a guy by him. Marino Shula, Montana Walsh, Brady Belichick, Terry Bradshaw, Chuck Knoll. Right off the top of your head, you can name those guys. If they become the next great dynasty, and so many people wanted to call in and say that they were, if they become the next great dynasty, okay, then fine. Garoppolo, Shanahan. Do I take it away from Andy Reid if, if, if it's Patrick Mahomes? See, this is the argument that I don't get. It's, it, it's facile to me. And I think a lot of us, well, maybe we don't like Jimmy Garoppolo's face at times. Maybe we're a little jealous of him. I'll take 27 and 13 anytime. I'll take the win percentage anytime. I'll take the type of poise, the type of pocket presence he usually has. I'll take him being able to deliver the football anytime. I know that I have to build a team around him. You have to do that for everybody. Russell Wilson would like a good football team around him. Tom Brady certainly would like a good football team around him. It, it becomes hard to sit there and put it on their shoulders every time. And someday he might be asked to do that. It's not going to be right now. They still have a very young football team. There's a couple decisions they have to make, but that's not going to be what they want to be, and that's not going to be where they have to be for a minute. For Mahomes, it's a different level. I'm not putting him in the same pocket as Mahomes. But for Garoppolo... I think some of us need to relax. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Fine, you tell me if I'm wrong. I got a lot to come up today. At 1140 Eastern, I'm going to tell you a way of legislature you're either going to love or hate about how I make baseball great again. You're going to hate me or love me coming up at 1140. But as of right now, am I overrating Jimmy Garoppolo? 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Coming up in just about 20 minutes, James Herbert going to join us, CBS NBA writer. We'll talk NBA with him. The great big travesty that happened with the goaltending that wasn't called yesterday in Utah. Also, the NBA has parody again, but it might be too late. 12.40 p.m. Eastern, 
9.40 a.m. Pacific. Jordan DeJohnny will join us, CBS Sports NFL writer. One of the feistiest radio guys out there that we're going to have. And, uh, boy, I tell you, I think I want us to pick favorite XFL teams. I did this on my weekday show, and uh, Hickey, you'll be here the entire way. You're going to have to tell Billy Jack by 1 o'clock. You understand me? You better tell Billy Jack by 1 o'clock Eastern. He's be- he better have an XFL team. XFL we gotta, team by 1 o'clock. You got it. We got to give this league a try, folks. We got to try to get this league going. You think you want this thing to die like the AAF? We got to get this thing going. Vince McMahon has had everything else fail on him, America. Everything other than wrestling. The movies have been terrible. He had that restaurant and nightclub. That failed. He had that weird International Bodybuilding Federation thing going. That failed. The XFL failed already. Other than wrestling, he's been failing at these things. We got to get him something before he goes. Got to get this league off the ground. If it makes it the full year and goes into season two, I'll consider it a success. I have my favorite team. I'll tell you that at 1 o'clock. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I'm not making a case for Jimmy Garoppolo is the best ever. I'm not making a case that he's the best in the league. I don't know if I'm making a case that he's top five or top eight. I think a lot of fans out there wanted to get some boiling takes going after this football game where if he were a quarterback of your football team, I think you'd be defending him. I had Browns fans going after him earlier this week. As I said, if Baker Mayfield becomes Jimmy Garoppolo, and you can say all you want, well, he's a first overall pick. Well, you can't you can't blame where he was drafted. If he becomes Jimmy Garoppolo and has a nice contract and, and, and they go to a Super Bowl, yeah, I think that that's okay. If Sam Darnold becomes Jimmy Garoppolo and the New York Jets get themselves into the playoffs in a fairly in a fairly reasonable fashion year in and year out, if they have a good football team around them, other things have to happen. Then I think you'll take Sam Darnold becoming Jimmy Garoppolo. Deshaun Watson, people expect the moon for Deshaun Watson. You say anything nasty about Deshaun Watson, people are going to kill you for it. I'd like Deshaun Watson, if you have all these things in, I think it's perfectly fine. Carson Wentz, I think it's per- per- perfectly fine. Patrick Mahomes, from what we've seen, and they're going to have to start stripping that away, maybe it's different. Maybe we put him in an upper echelon. Russell Wilson, I put him in a different category. I put him in that all-time, for this generation, elite category. That team having a switch-out roster and them being able to compete like that, I put him in a different spot. Roethlisberger, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, those guys are in rarefied air. I think Mahomes will find himself in that air. Garoppolo, there's nothing wrong with being the tier under. 855-2124-CBS. For Mahomes, I think he's taken over the mantle, or he's taken over the torch in the NFL, to be the face of the NFL. There was one take, though, and it's going to sound like I'm beating up DA. I'm not beating up DA. DA's a smarter man than me. Eraser phrase. DA's a more successful man than me. Eraser phrase. And I'm a fan of DA in the morning. I'm a fan of his producer, Mraz. But I disagree with this wholeheartedly, and I'll tell you why after we play the clip. Hit it. He's been in nine of these. He knows what the Friday before the Super Bowl is. He knows what the conversation should be. It should be about the teams. He's been in nine of them. And he agreed to a deal that once again made it about him on Super Bowl Sunday. Sorry, didn't see a Peyton Manning ad last night. Did anybody see an Aaron Rodgers ad? 
didn't see that. You know, ultimately, it goes to show you that Tom Brady is going to have an uncomfortable post-playing career because he can't shake the need to be seen. And that's what this says. He doesn't need attention. He certainly doesn't need the money. And he took both of them. The limelight's going to be away from Tom, and he's not going to know what to do. He's no longer going to be relevant, and he is not going to know what to do. Of all the years to not need the attention, he's coming off three straight Super Bowl appearances and four out of the last five years. And we'll have an offseason of major scrutiny of where he's going to go and what he's going to decide. And he doubled down on the attention. Of all the years he didn't need to draw attention to himself, this was the one. Because just by virtue of his contract, there's going to be attention. He took the money and he posted the shot. He can't help himself. And it's going to Audio courtesy of DA. Audio courtesy of CBS Sports Radio. Great argument. Totally false. Great argument. Totally, totally false. If this was during the national championship game, I get it. If this was during the NCAA basketball game, I get it. Even Major League Baseball, even the NBA, I got it. Totally get it. Tom Brady is the greatest player of all time. Certainly the greatest quarterback of all time. If you have a problem with Tom Brady taking money, and for the first time, really the first true time, make it in about himself, then go out and be better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady knows better than anybody. This is a killer league. It is win or die, and that's the end of it. You either win or you go away. And Tom Brady has six of these things. And yes, he's been in nine. Tom Brady accepting money to do an ad because he's the biggest face in the NFL at that juncture, because he's the legend of the NFL at that juncture. If you have a problem, beat him. If you have a problem with that, you better get used to it because there's very few guys who even touch him in terms of legendary status, and that's throughout the history of the game. I can look at a guy like Mahomes and say, this guy could be the best to ever do it, and he still might not get anywhere near in the stratosphere as Tom Brady. This is the first time in his career where he can have a little bit of LeBron in him. He's 43 years old. He's carried that organization for 20 years. He's carried the league. He has definitely been a guy who's been in the crosshairs of people and what they think about the NFL, good and bad. And he becomes a free agent. I'm going to let him live it up. If you don't have somebody who can beat out Tom Brady for Hulu ads, that's on you. That's not on Tom Brady. The last guy they had doing Hulu ads was Baker Mayfield. It looks foolish. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. He took his money. He took their money. He did the ad. He knows when people are going to be watching. Hulu knows when people are going to be watching. And if you have a problem with that, tough bleep. If you want him to go away, it's not going to happen. You can say you're sick of him. I could have said I was sick of Joe Namath in his fur coat. He was right there in the Super Bowl during the coin toss a couple of years ago. He still shows up on TV. They still ask him every single possible question they possibly can. Joe Namath lends credibility to anything you do when you do entertainment. Joe Namath is one of the pillars of football. And I can be as upset as I want to, but no one's touching Joe Namath about any of that stuff. Tom Brady is our Joe Namath, except he's got five more Super Bowls. There's no question where he stands in the league's history. 
I can't tell the story of the league without Tom Brady. I can't tell the story of the New England Patriots or Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. The greatest coach of all time is connected to the hip of the greatest quarterback of all time, and yes, vice versa. If I wanted to do this, why was Bill Belichick there brandishing his rings in his red jacket for the NFL 100 ceremony? Because you're the greatest, and you can do that. That's the beauty of being the greatest. You can take your life, you can take all the swagger you have, and you can rub people's noses in it. That's why you're called the greatest, because people can't touch you. You want humility. You want guys to maybe stand down. Go find another sport. Go find another person. Go find someone who doesn't touch Tom Brady's greatness. I love it. I love greatness. I love guys who continue to push greatness. I love Tom Brady for this. You're, you're going to be bona fide, first ballot Hall of Famer, the best who ever played the game, the best who ever played the position. Controversy, yes, but you're the best to ever do it. Take every single chance you can. You're famous for football. You're famous for greatness in football. It's perfectly fine. And it wasn't just DA who said this. They were doing it on ESPN. They were doing it on FS1. And because we're trying to find, we're trying to get ourselves out of football mode and moving ourselves into the NBA and moving ourselves hopefully into baseball. So it takes a little bit. So we have to find these things. It's it's perfectly fine. Tom wants a little bit of attention for himself. It's okay if Tom wants to take the money. I think he's earned it. He's been in nine of these things. Patrick Mahomes is being in his first, and he won it. Patrick Mahomes takes over as the face of the NFL. No doubt about it. But when it comes to legendary status, Tom Brady crossed a bridge last week into a different stratosphere on how I see him, how my kids see him, how my grandkids will see him. It's perfectly fine. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, the great James Herbert, CBS Sports NBA writer. We'll talk about the league with him. And I think there's parody in this league now. I just think it might be too late. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's 855-2124-CBS. It's a hell of a line. You ought to call it. It's brought to you by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance together. Having a home is hard work, so get an easy quote at Geico.com today. Coming up in just about two hours, we will have one of my favorites, Jordan DeJohnny, who's uh, from CBS Sports, NFL writer. We'll talk NFL with him, but joining us right now, one of my favorite NBA writers, and I mean that sincerely, a son of the great white north. James Herbert joins us on the show right now. Find him on Twitter, at Outside the NBA. James, how the hell are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the kind words, too. Well, I mean that sincerely. It's always fun when we have you on because you're always a very thoughtful, very smart guy, and you always have a little bit of fun, so at least it's not a dry interview when we have you either. All right, last night. Let me start with last night, and we'll we'll expand on that here in a moment. Why do they even bother to give out a two-minute report? I don't think anybody cares about a two-minute report, and we, I, I found it to be goaltending. They didn't find it to be goaltending. Then they said that they made, the, made a mistake, and I go... The worst, I don't want to hear about your mistake. I, I just want the call to be right. I, I don't care about a two-minute report. I'm sorry, James. It's the truth. Go ahead. I think what you just said is how most NBA players and coaches affected by any of these things think. Uh, from a league perspective, I think their line has always been that they think transparency is good. They think that just communicating what happened is, is better than doing nothing. But I think if you're emotional after a loss like that, where you feel like you've just been jogged by the referees, 
then you get this two-minute report or you get this explanation from the the pool rep- reporter who talked to the officials last night and they get a couple of sentences from the refs saying uh, this is what happened when the players already know what the official explanation is. They take it as just another slap in the face. And I, I think that's what the result is going to be when the last two-minute report comes out later today and the result last night. If I mean, go, go have a look at Damian Lillard's Twitter account. Go have a look at, oh, yeah. at CJ McCollum's Twitter account. Like the, the, the Blazers are extremely mad because they're in a playoff race and, and there's nothing that the NBA can say short of we're going to do that over um, that is going to make them happy. Like the, the, the players and the coaches in the league, when they're actually affected by these things, the explanation does not help at all. It doesn't change anything. James Herbert joining us, CBS Sports NBA writer. Find him on Twitter at Outside the NBA. I couldn't agree with you more, James, and thank you very much for that statement. Trade deadline, what'd you think of it? Uh, it was interesting. I mean, there were a lot of like smaller deals that we can talk about. And I think uh, what Houston did uh, was really interesting to me. The Russell Wiggins trade was just kind of crazy uh, in all directions. But if you actually look at like who's going to win the title this year, um, I, I think the Clippers did well for themselves, and kind of nobody else did anything. And the Bucks picked up Marvin Williams on a buyout, uh, which I think is really could actually be important in the Eastern Conference playoffs. But I mean, at the, the top of the league, there, there wasn't a lot of movement. It, it was a flurry of activity, but in terms of like impact this season, there there wasn't a ton, right? No, not in in the terms of the big names. Like there are a couple of names that we know and. Yeah, you know, Andre Drummond's been a two-time All-Star. Like that's a okay, that's that's a kind of a name. But other than that, there really wasn't a whole lot there that was thrown out. Can I can I ask you a different? This is a total right turn, but I'm going to do it here. Yeah. So so Andrew Wiggins is moving in the trade deadline, and I made the commentary. You know, I'm from Cleveland, and I made the commentary. I said that might have been the worst fan take I had ever heard. The night they drafted Andrew Wiggins, and I know it's in a vacuum, but the night they drafted Andrew Wiggins. I'm going. And we're hearing about the LeBron stuff at the time and how he'd like to play with Kevin Love. And I said I would trade for Kevin Love. I'd trade Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love in a heartbeat. And there were a lot of people who disagreed at that time, and there were even people nationally who disagreed at that time. And I look back and I go, that is the worst fan. I got screamed at all night. I got screamed at for the next weeks. And then they made the trade, and the Cavaliers ended up winning in 2016. And I go back and I say that's the worst fan take I had ever heard by NBA fans. What to you? You've seen more basketball than me. You've spoken to more NBA fans than me. What is the worst fan take you can think of? Oh, man. I, w- I was going to just, just talk about Wiggins for a second. But, um, I mean. Well, you can do that, too. That's fine. Okay, let, let me do that. Because I, like, you introduced me as being from the Great White North. I'm from Toronto. So I've been hearing Andrew Wiggins hype since he was about 15 years old. And he was supposed to be not only the savior of Canadian basketball and the Canadian national team, which he basically never plays for. He was supposed to be the savior of the Cleveland Cavaliers briefly, and then the savior of the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it just hasn't worked out. But th- this is where it's tricky. Like wh- when you project too much certainty on a draft pick, even one as hyped as him, even one who's a number one pick, you you can end up looking really stupid really soon. And that's what happened with a lot of us, honestly. Like I remember when he was like literally in high school where he even got to Kansas. Um, there were people who, when they scouted him, when they wrote about him, they said, oh, it doesn't look like he's always engaged. Oh, he's like sort of an inattentive defender half the time. He's talented, but he can like float through games. He looks a little sleepy out there. And I was like, come on, man. He's 16, and look how talented he is. Look how good he is. Why are you nitpicking his game like that? And sure enough, we're five years into his career, and all of that stuff is still being said about him, and all that stuff has actually kind of defined his NBA career so far. So I, I think it is just hard 
when you are projecting young players, even ones who seem like absolute blue chip, top of their class prospects for years, um, if they don't kind of iron out the flaws in their game and if they have kind of fundamental issues with their game and just kind of with focus and effort on the court, that, that can end up biting you when you're just like, yeah, let's not overlook it. Let's not, cause it doesn't feel nice. It doesn't feel like the right thing to do uh, when, you, when you have a player that young and, and you're kind of like just picking apart his game like that instead of focusing on the positive, which, by the way, the positives are still there. Like yeah. even now in the NBA, Wiggins can erupt for thirty yeah, plus, he, and he's not he trash. Can win you a yeah. game in the fourth quarter. It's just that only happens every once in a while. Yeah, and, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. James, I'm not. And you know that I'm not trying to say he's garbage. He's not garbage. The young man isn't. But it's he's is just... certainly not worth the max contract that he's on. Uh-huh. And the, the Timberwolves mm-hmm. just had to pay a pretty steep price uh, to to unload him. Yes. So I, I think you were absolutely right on your take. And people like me, I mean, I, I wasn't killing the Cavs for getting Kevin Love, but I, at, if I go back, like, I definitely at the time was thinking, like, this is interesting, this is risky. You're, you're going all in right now, which I get because you have LeBron, but there was a chance that Wiggins was, like, the perfect piece uh, to kind of grow with LeBron and have a guy on a, a rookie contract and you can fill out the roster in other ways and maybe get a star in a different way. Like, I, I was not on, I don't think, either extreme end of that. But at the time, absolutely, I thought Wiggins was going to be a, su- a future superstar. A lot of us did. James Herbert with us on the show. So in, in the NBA, especially with NBA fans, basketball fans in general, I mean, there are damning opinions. And I think more than the other two or other three big sports – so can you name off the top of your head a worst fan take that you've ever heard? Oof. Like from um, a, and not just like one guy on Twitter with like two followers. I mean like a fan base believes this and you go, what? What are you talking about? I would say there were a lot of people um, in the draft just, just recently, just a couple of years ago, um, heading into it that said Luka Doncic was not going to be able to make the transition to the NBA because of some quotes from a couple of players uh, in the EuroLeague that had said, well, look at what happens when he gets an athletic wing defending him. Uh, He's not going to be able to get to the basket or beat anyone off the dribble in the NBA. The athleticism is going to be different. Um, The the game is just going to be different. And you can ignore that he was like literally the most successful young player uh, in European basketball history. You can ignore that he was the MVP of both the ACB and the Euro League, like do, doing things that people, literally people had never done before. There were people that were like, "Yeah, you obviously take DeAndre Ayton number one. Yeah, like the, the Kings should not be criticized for taking Bagley. Luca is this huge risk. Who has any idea how to project him going forward?" When a lot of people on the other end, like me, were just like, "I, I cannot believe he didn't go number one." And so I, I think that was one of those things that was a little bit divisive. You had people uh, on the extreme on on both ends when it happened. Um, because obviously the the Suns and the Kings also received people who were very mad, like criticism, people who were very mad that they passed on him. But I, I think there was this narrative about Luca that he somehow like wasn't athletic enough or his game wouldn't quite translate to the NBA or, oh, he's overweight, all this blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, all right, like that, like immediately last year that was proven wrong. And then this year that just looked completely insane to the point where I would say that is one of the worst takes that I've ever heard in my entire life. That's fantastic. James Herbert with us on the show. Can the Raptors still get the Bucks? I think it's possible. Um, I, I think they present some issues for Milwaukee potentially in a playoff setting that maybe in the regular season uh, wouldn't be as apparent, though. I will say I'm going back to Toronto for a visit um, in a couple of weeks. I'm going to get to see those teams play each other. 
So I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. But, I mean, the, the Bucks' regular season track record speaks for itself. They've been the best team in the league. It has not been close. But I do think, you know, that the even getting Marvin Williams, who, who I think will help them, like they haven't exactly addressed uh, the issues that we saw against the Raptors in last year's playoffs. I mean, they're still very reliant on Giannis Adetokounmpo for playmaking. Giannis still is not particularly comfortable um, outside of the paint, even though he is shooting three-pointers now. I don't know that you can count on him making them in the playoffs. So if the Raptors can reach the level of defense uh, that they got to in last year's playoffs, then yeah, I, I, I think it will be um, an interesting and close series. It, it was very close last year, too. Um, the, the difference is they don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore, so they have to compensate in other ways. And, and I think, uh, you know, I, I wrote a story on the Raptors uh, earlier this season about their defense and how this, this, what they're doing is kind of the future of NBA defense. They're, they are doing some very unconventional things. They are really trying to keep opponents uh, out of rhythm by changing up the defense they're playing constantly, not, not only, you know, from quarter to quarter or game to game. Like, they're, they're doing it, like, minute to minute. And the, the help defense they play, the, the – level of basketball like you the, those guys have the toughness that those guys have i, I mean they, they have these two six foot guys in lowry and van vliet uh who they're comfortable switching onto these big wings and they can actually do it because they're so strong and they're so competitive they're so wide that like they can't really be posted up like it is a really good team and they know exactly what their identity is and they play together uh it's just a matter of like on the offensive end uh can they overcome not having that frontline star that they had last year and on the defensive end, can they reach that level that they got to last season? Where honestly, they were one of the best defensive teams I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, so I, the, the bucks on paper look better than they were last year, but I don't know if that will still be the case in the playoffs where you have like Wesley, Wesley Matthews uh, in the starting lineup for them. And Malcolm Brogdon is not there. Can you make me feel better about myself for something? I, I got, I, I got three, I got three minutes. So you don't have a lot of time to do it. Uh, sure. I feel like a, I feel like a sellout. I should be the type of person I am. I like Memphis, and I think they have a nice young nucleus. Like I don't know if I'd trade those young guys for a lot of different people. Um, and maybe you disagree with me, but that's fine. It's, it's not even the conversation. Okay. I th- I feel I should be ripping Andre Iguodala, and I I think I understand it. And I'm like, nah, I probably wouldn't either if I was Andre Iguodala. Have I sold out, James? No, I like Iguodala. I had to do like the like I did like the winners and losers of the, of the trade deadline as I think a lot of writers did a couple of days ago and like he was like the, the most obvious winner in the world to me. He played this absolutely perfectly, and you know it, it's I understand why some people get annoyed with the idea that he is just sitting at home and he is collecting his checks. But you have to understand like he talked to the Grizzlies about this. This wasn't a situation where they were absolutely furious that he wasn't going to report. They didn't trade for him. Because he was Andre Iguodala, the basketball player, like that. That if you're talking about business decisions and like mm-hmm. respecting who you're working with and all this stuff, they wanted to trade for him strictly as an asset. Like they wanted to trade for him simply so they could get something for him. They got cash and a pick from the Warriors because the Warriors needed to clear space so they could go pull off the D'Angelo Russell trade, which enabled them to go get another pick at this trade deadline, where D'Angelo Russell ended up just being a pawn in sort of their asset management too. Like, this is a very, like, kind of, you know, cutthroat and cold-hearted business both ways. And I think to, to just sit here and say, Andre Iguodala is some kind of phony. I can't believe he did this. I can't believe he said he only wanted to go to a California team so that he managed to finagle an extra $15 million out of the Miami Heat 
so that trade could be completed. How, how could he do this to the Grizzlies? Listen to these quotes from Dylan Brooks. Like, I get why Dylan Brooks is, like, saying what he was saying. It is It was a weird situation, but I, I equally weird situations happen from the team perspective all the time. Chandler Parsons was just cut, like, two weeks after being in, in a car accident where he got hit by a drunk driver. Like, this is how the NBA works. Yeah. And if, if Andre Iguodala wants to do that and he ends up on top, like the Grizzlies got something out of that too. They got a lot out of it. And they're pretty happy right now, I think, to have Justice Winslow on their roster. He's a guy that they clearly really like, given what they gave up to get him beyond just Iguodala. And they didn't really have an avenue to get a player like that without pulling off a, a bunch of moves to put themselves in that position, including getting Iguodala basically for free and actually being paid to take Iguodala in, oh. in the first place. So James. everybody is looking out for themselves. You made me feel so much better about myself. Thank you very much. Because you made sense of it. I thank you. Follow this guy on Twitter, at Outside the NBA. James, thank you for the time, buddy. Thank you for having me. The great James Herbert. Dylan Brooks is 24. I think when Dylan Brooks, in 12 years, I think when he's got more time under his belt, he'll understand that maybe Andre Iguodala made the best decision. They didn't trade for Andre Iguodala and say, hey, you're going to be the centerpiece of our basketball team. Like, Andre Iguodala can contribute to winning. I don't think Memphis, Memphis fans might have thought differently. But I don't think that Memphis was thinking, hey, we're going to be 26 and 26 and in an eight seed. So there's more pressure on Iguodala. And I say, I just said he can contribute to winning. So, yeah, he might be a plus two in that, in that spot. And they could be 28 and 24. There is a possibility. There's two sides of this. But Andre Iguodala, there's not a whole lot of tread left on those tires. They're cupped, certainly. I could see a 36-year-old going, you didn't trade me to make me the centerpiece. I'm not going to play for you here. Up next, the NBA has parity again. Just hope it's not too late. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.